0: Welcome to the Paydia Education Podcast. I'm Dr. Bernie Wilkinson. And I'm Dr. Richard Marshall. And we have a lot. To, first of all, I was going to yeah. say we have a lot to talk about today, but the first, first thing I thing have you to have say to talk about is we are not recording on Mixler today. That's right. I, it, y- it feels y- it feels weird that we're not not posting live on Mixler, um, but we're not because <sighs> technology. Uh, I guess Verizon made this shift to Frontier. Um, at least in in Florida uh Verizon services were taken over by some other company that i've never heard of called Frontier, right. and we have been without internet here at our office since Friday morning at about seven thirty right and right. I called the frontier uh, tech support at uh, six o'clock this morning and uh we're here on this is Sunday um, I called at six o'clock this morning, and they said that um yes. I'm correct that we have no internet. It's always good when they validate that. And uh, they have no idea when it will be back. That's it? Really? That's what he said. It was frustrating on Friday, because
1: we had internet very early in the morning, and then it clicked off about 7.30, and it never came back on. And we have this wonderful staff here of um, colleagues. And they just kept the place going with a little hotspot thing and um, can't give them enough credit. Um, because, at least as far as the schedule was concerned, they kept us on schedule all day.
0: Even though we know. couldn't see our schedule, we couldn't, we couldn't access patient right. files. Uh, that's the, that's the uh, pros and cons, I suppose, of having a, a paperless um, practice. You know, everything is stored off site uh, to keep it safe, <laughs> to keep right, it, right. you know, so that if something catastrophic happens here, all of our files and everything are safe. Uh, but yet, once something when we can't access it, we have no information. When the internet goes down like that, you realize
1: why cyber warfare is such a concern, right? Because you could shut things down in a hurry in a yeah. country. Um, we were virtually unable to do anything. I uh-huh. mean, at least here. And that would, fortunately, there were other service providers who were up and running. You were able to get Bright House. Yeah, we were able to get yeah. some things. Yeah, but um, you can imagine what a catastrophic event it would be if the whole thing did go down. Right. You know? So I hope they've built in
0: some redundancy. Well, you know, it makes me think of uh, last year's FSA testing. Right, When That's the, right. When the networks went down and didn't work and there's mm-hmm. those kids who were Must've so anxious terrible. about Taking the test and everything, and of course, the teacher is anxious about the kids taking the right. test, and they get there and they can't connect. and all Of course, that now stuff. we're told that wasn't a problem. Oh, yeah, no, no. Well, it wasn't. In um, fact, that's a, that's really a good segue. It's not a big enough problem that's, to invalidate the uh, testing. That's right. The tests <laughs> so, remain uh, valid, <laughs> which is a good segue because that's today's PayDia topic. Yeah, well, you know, this past week, this has <laughs> been a very long week, it has. but this past week, last Monday, uh, so we. Had here in town a education forum a, a public forum on the battle over standardized testing. It was hosted by our friends at the uh, the, ledger. the ledger and I had the opportunity to sit on the forum and you know we we talked about the pros and cons of standardized testing, and so we thought we would spend a little bit of time today talking about right. some things that we took away from that. That's right. It was it was really very good to hear both sides of the issue, or the, the, the positives and the negatives
1: right. of uh, standardized testing. I mean, it's easy to criticize, it's easy to be opposed to it, it's easy to be in favor of it, but it was interesting to have, what were there, nine, uh, eight or nine people on four, the stage? Seven. Seven. People, seven seven uh, yeah. sort of experts, yeah, on, on the topic, on the stage at the same time. And they were able to address, uh, they were able to respond from different points of view right. to the same question. Yeah, so because we really they were,
0: I, I was on to talk about the mental health aspect, mm-hmm. though I really wanted to talk about some other things too. Yeah. Um, we had principals, we had previous school board administrators, mm-hmm. uh, we had teachers, we had a parent. Yeah, it was a quite a variety of people looking at this issue from different mm-hmm. perspectives. Yeah, yeah. So, it, and it was really a good. So, as I I, I was in,
1: uh, I attended the, the forum, and um, and I was struck as I as I thought about it afterwards, um, I was struck by one phrase that was repeated over and over again, and that phrase that phrase was, "Well, I'm in favor of testing." Okay, and right. so so almost everybody began by saying, "Well, you know, I'm in favor of testing, but I'm in favor of test." And and I thought, I mean, let me you think about that phrase for a little bit. And um, everybody's in favor of testing. And I thought, well, why why are we so enamored of testing? Why are we so enamored with this process of testing?
0: And yeah, I, well, I, I think that I think that that's I think it's great that we're going to start here because you know the the issue to me is that. In reality, I mean, nobody really has a problem with testing. Too too much of a problem with testing because we right. we you know when the testing is used the, the right way, it gives us information and allows us to it, it informs decision making mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. As we get into how the testing is used and and sort of the nature of the testing, that that changes the situation quite quite right. considerably. But you know when I I, I was. Going on, and you know, in preparation for some of our talks today, I was go- I went on and was looking at some of the comments and things that people have posted on on Facebook and, and the like, in response to uh, again some of the things we're going to talk about today in the in the forum. It really is pretty amazing what people say and and the perspectives that people have uh, right. about all of this. I mean, right. people are pretty passionate.
1: It's Right, it's become a passionate issue, and and you're touching. I mean, you're you're sort of bringing us in that right direction because, while everybody says I'm in favor of testing, um, the issue becomes the uses for which test results are put. Okay? Right, and that that was evident in the forum. Right, I mean that that's what many of the conversations went there. And again, people are for and against, but. Um, but I, I kept thinking about this phrase as there was something that bothered me as I was listening to everybody. Mm-hmm. And finally it came down to that phrase of, Well, I'm in favor of testing, but and I thought, Well, what why do we test? Okay, that that's question number nine. The second question is what should tests do? If, if we're in favor of something, we should be in favor of something that, does, that serves some useful purpose. Right. Okay. So what are the purposes of testing? Over and over again, people said, well, tests guide instruction. Okay. They, right. They, you, you test somebody to guide. But it also guides practice. For example, we do testing in athletics all the time. Right, you're a coach, so you bring the kids out. You make them do a drill. Right, and then you make a decision. Right. who can do it, who can't. Right, so then you know what you have to practice. Your right. son is a goalie, right. right, and so you put him through different um, tests. Right, you know, can you? I don't know what the if it, the um, uh, words are, the technical terms are, but I suppose there are different terms for different right. uh, blocks. And so he said, "What can he? Okay, so he can do these three, but not these two. So we work on these two. So testing." Informal testing—that's sort of you're doing a formative assessment of his goalkeeping abilities—and then you practice what he can't do. So whether it's athletics or school or you know, do you know the multiplication tables? Which ones do you know? Which ones? No point practicing the multiplication tables that you know. You practice the ones you don't know to determine which ones you don't know. You give a test. So I think everybody's in favor of that kind of test that guides instruction or guides practice. Um, It also tells us who is and who isn't learning. So we know what to teach. So teachers know what to teach. Okay. The problem with the kind of testing that was the sub that was the topic of that education forum mm-hmm. is we're talking about testing that sorts children, right? And that's where I start to have a problem, and I think many many of the speakers that night mm-hmm. had the same problem. Is that nobody? So when we say I'm in favor of testing, I think we're talking about I'm in favor of testing that helps me decide what I have to teach or what I have to practice. Right. I think what everybody's opposed to is testing that sorts children, because once you start to sort it, why are you sorting? You're sorting to choose winners and losers. What happened with the kind of testing we're talking about is that this testing sorts children and it it has been used to stop children from moving forward in their education right so now we have a test that says if you're not here at this level you're going to be retained right if you're not here by 10th grade you're not going to get a high school diploma right Those two decisions have lifelong implications and I don't think that anybody's in favor of a test that does that, that is used for that kind of a purpose. And I think that's what uh, was one of the issues that came up, but it wasn't really directly addressed. Right. You know, we talk about validity and we talk about reliability and we talk about all the, the, but the problem is, is that we're not, um, we're using a test to sort children. Right. And I think that's where we get
0: into problems. Right. No, I I, I agree. And I think that so what it comes down to, again, is, you know, you, you, there's a difference between the test and then the decisions that are made based upon the That's results right. of the test. And that, it's the test and the uses of the test. Right, right. right. And that, yeah, if I, you, you were talking about right. um, my son, my team um, mm-hmm. We won this weekend, by the way. Uh, you we did? Won, we won 2-0. Yeah. We had a long your trip. Your team? My, my soccer, uh, my, my son's soccer so team. So your own team, but also your Chelsea team Oh, well, yeah, Chelsea won, too. So well, two victories. But they played against Aston Villa, so Aston Villa's having a rough time. Anyways, this is not sport talk radio, um, but we were talking about that. If, um, if, I would, if I taught my son or I did an assessment of his goalkeeping skills, right. and then from there I determined whether or not he would eat dinner that night, ah. that would be... An inappropriate use, misuse. Of a, a misuse of a test that could be informative, could right. be useful, but I'm misusing it but because I'm it making decisions on it about other things based right. upon his performance on that test. Or you take his cell
1: phone away because he can't do it. Right. You know, those those two things aren't related. Right. I mean, again, the test doesn't do anything useful. Right. In fact, it just punishes.
0: Right. But it doesn't do anything useful. Right. So. That's right because kids who pass those tests. Well, life goes on as normal. The only people that it really matters to are people who don't do well on those tests. That's right. Students don't really get anything. I mean, but I don't schools think schools do
1: well, right. right? Sort of, right? But um, and and that that's the that's the recurring theme here is that um, nobody's opposed to testing that's that's useful. But I think most of us are opposed to tests that are misused or used inappropriately. Right. Okay. Right. And so. One of the speakers, um, I have great respect for her, too. She was a former principal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and she said that, well, we have to test kids because we test all of our lives, and we need to get used right. to being tested.
0: Okay? Right. That is it. And, and let me say, that, remember I mentioned earlier about responses that people have had like on Facebook right. and stuff like mm-hmm. That is a recurring theme.
1: It, that. I like testing, and we have to get used to testing. Because you know,
0: we are t- tested throughout our life.
1: Right. When was the last time you were tested? <laughs> well, let, let me say this. Um, I think the point that she was making was, we use, we use tests in the professions. Right. Okay. When professions use tests. Uh, Let's say colleges use mm-hmm. the SAT. Right. Graduate schools use the graduate record exam. Right. Um, we have the medical college aptitude test, law school aptitude test. We have state boards. We have to take a test for psychologists. Right. Okay. When, when we take a test like the SAT or the GRE to go to college, what we're saying, we, we take that number and we say, and everybody knows that those don't predict achievement, uh, don't predict graduation rates. Right. Or who's, but if you have a uh, an SAT score of 1,300 versus an SAT score of 800, right. it's more likely that the person with 1,300 is going to have an easier time in college.
0: And that's all we know. When you aggregate the data, when you put all the data together... Typically These speaking, students, students with 1300s will do a, better than those with 800. Either because they know more, or they're able to learn faster, or so we don't know why.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, but we know that over time, if you have a high score, you're likely to do better. Doesn't mean you're going to do better because there are factors beyond the test. Right. Okay. And but but that's what we're saying is that you're more likely to succeed at this level if you have this score. So we take the medical college aptitude test. And if you get a high score, you're more likely to succeed. Right. Okay. And that's all we know. That's and, one
0: purpose. And, and, and that again, not to go from, um, paydia to sport talk radio to uh, stats mm-hmm. talk radio, mm-hmm. but that's the that's the issue with aggregate data. Right. When when you take you know thousands of pieces of data and put it all together, right. You can make these overarching. Mm-hmm thematic mm. type of right. um, uh, re- uh, interpretations, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's going to interpret for that specific person, That's right. a specific person. Right. And here's
1: a good example of that. People always ask us, well, it, my son has trouble reading, and I understand that MRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, mm-hmm. will show me where the deficit... Can, can I get an fMRI on my child? Right. No. Because that's a place where aggregate data, right. it, you know, if you have 20 children with dyslexia, they tend to show this pattern. Right. But you don't find that pattern in one individual. Not you necessarily, find right. it by averaging all these, right. these scores together. And so what you, can, what you can see in hundreds of data points, you might not be able to see with one individual. Right. Okay. Right. So no, we can't use these um, technologies right. to diagnose these disorders. Because the average score is different from a, a single individual score. So, but one reason we use these is to make a decision of who is most likely to succeed. Because we can't accept everybody. Um, so we 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 use this test score along with grades in school right. and your essay and your interview to decide who comes in. But the test score is only one of the scores that's used. That's one thing to remember. That whether we're talking about um, college applications, you know. College application is a packet. Right. It's not a s it's not just the test score. Right. Okay. But we're using just a test score to make these decisions right. at K-12. So that's number one. Number two, we give tests to professionals to determine who's competent. Right. I don't have any problem with that. I want my surgeon to be competent. I want somebody to make sure that he's competent. Right. I want my therapist to be competent. So I don't have any trouble with using some type of assessment process to determine whether a professional is competent or not. But I think those are the only two uses that we put all these other tests that we're going to take for the rest of our lives. That's the use that we put them to. That's not what's happening with high stakes
0: testing used in K-12 education today. Right, right. When we look at the the testing that your surgeon has to, we are looking at a level of mastery that we're expecting. That's right. Um, and and I, I guess you can loosely use the word mastery when you're talking about some of the early academic skills for, for kids. Right. Um, but there's there's not a life or death. There's not a, a, a functional difference between a, a person who can do a uh, 100 uh, – multiplication facts and those, one that can do 75. Right. Uh, Not at a third grade level. No, and and that's the difference because at the,
1: I want to know if somebody's competent, but in K-12 education, I want to know if you know this because if you don't, I'm going to teach it to you. Right. Okay, and that's where this process, that's where this high-stakes testing breaks down, is we're not using these results to teach. We might be using to determine the curriculum. We might be using for a lot of purposes. But we're not using them to determine what this child needs and what I'm going to teach him. And that's where this system, that's where this is breaking down. If we were using the test results to teach.
0: Right. I would have no problem with it if we were using them just just to determine competence. Right. I wouldn't have any trouble with that. Yeah, because the way that okay, if we just stick with third grade and, and you know, I, I thought it was interesting that one of the people on the panel uh, attempted to make that point. Well, third grade is the only one where retention it, where retention is used. Right. Well, first of all, we know that the one of the greatest predictors of high school dropout. Is retention. is retention. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and the the only time that retention that, that that effect tends to be diminished is like retention in kindergarten or something like that very very early on. But if by the time you're in third grade you're retained, that that's going to have that potentially have you are, long long-term effects. You're labeled a loser. Right. I mean, I don't
1: care how else you you shine this thing up, you're labeled a loser. I right. I'm, I'm a loser. I don't get to go
0: on with my class. Right, right. And and and, and Kids are aware enough to know that oh, grade, uh, all of my all of my friends went to fourth grade and I didn't. So, right. so that's the first point. But the second issue is that um, retention is not a remedial education. That's right. Um, if you do poorly, so for example, you know the the big one in third grade is um, the FSA, or here in Florida, it's the FSA. But the big one is reading. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not reading on grade level or at a proficient level then you are going to be retained. Well, simply repeating third grade is not going to teach you how to read. Right, right. And And second of all, what if you perform perfectly on the math? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you, you got a five out of five on the math, but you got a one in reading. Well, you got to do third grade again. Right. So in every other subject, you're going to be bored to tears Right. But since you didn't do well in, in reading, you have to do the whole thing all over again. Right, that right. that just doesn't make intuitive sense. Right. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even make intuitive sense. It doesn't make educational sense. It doesn't mm-hmm. make psychological sense. Right. Right.
1: And again, um, one of the speakers said, "Well, we make. Um, we can tell by these test scores what part of the curriculum we have to change. Okay. Okay. No problem with that." If that's true, if you're doing that, if you're using these tests to decide that you need to spend more time in your school on average, again, we're talking about aggregate, aggregate. data, right. or if you find out that you're... Um, English uh, language learners are not doing as well as they might. Okay, that's that's really important to know. Well, mm-hmm. my students with learning disabilities in this school are not doing as well as they should. So we need to make some changes in that program. Okay, right. I don't have any problem with that. But we're using this test to decide to make decisions about
0: individuals. Right, and that's where that's where we take issue with it. Right. One of the things I, I pointed out on the forum is that. You know, there was a a paper published, and it's on the uh, Florida State Board of Education website that looks at the, quote, validity Mm -hmm. of the Florida Mm -hmm. standards assessment. Right. The validity of the FSA. Because that's what we're interested in. Okay. Show us some validity. Show us some psychometrics. And by validity, we mean? That it measures what we say it measures. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so they had this nice, um, long, (laughs) it's a a long long paper. paper. That looked at various forms of validity in on the on the FSA, and and I'm not going to again. This isn't uh, Stats Talk Radio, but very quickly, what they looked at was basically whether they followed. Well, they they looked at ver- some very specific things. They looked at were the items, w- was the test developed in a valid way? Right. So according to these standards. Yes, the test was developed right. in a valid they, they way. They did everything they were supposed to do to create items right. that did what they were. Okay, no problem. And then they looked at um, was the test administered in right. a valid way? Yes, according to these standards, the test was administered in a valid way. Everybody got the same directions, right. everybody had the same time. So, yes, that was that worked. Okay. Was they looked at were the items as you said a moment ago were the items developed in a valid way according to the florida state standards right did this item measure this standard yes yes Mm -hmm. so and then it got to um, the validity of the results Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they wanted to look at two things one could the results be used to make decisions on a student based level on a per student level on know, an individual, on a individual student. student level right. and the second was to was whether or not the results could be used on a systems level the aggregate data could that be used to make decisions about teachers schools mm-hmm. districts states etc interestingly they said that the test results should not be used on an individual student basis. To make a decision about an individual. Right. That's right. They said it should not be used for that reason. That's right. Not as the sole decision maker. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Yet, that's what they do. But anyways, we'll Mm -hmm. get to that in a second. And with the second one, despite saying that there were multiple issues that resulted in the recommendation of not using it for individual student Mm -hmm. uh, decisions, it was okay, it was valid, to use to make decisions about teachers, schools, districts, and states. That the aggregate data could be used anyways. And that's what I want to talk about. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's so frustrating to me that they, that they can make those kinds of statements. Because, again, just for those of you who aren't sure, just to, to let you know— uh, despite that despite the fact that it's there on their website despite the fact that it was referenced in the uh, public mm-hmm. announcement right because the in fact
1: the Secretary of Education for the state of Florida said the test is valid the test is valid that she got on radio and and then his said the test
0: is valid using the same article using the same article right. despite and, and so with that mm-hmm. decision, they went ahead and decided to use it for individual student decision making anyways that's right even though they said not to even though the even though their report says not to right they went ahead and used it for that anyways and uh, again, it, it makes no sense to me that, well, we can't use it on an individual student basis, but you know we'll just go ahead and use the aggregate data anyways mm-hmm. to make these really critical right. decisions about parent, uh, teachers, schools, districts, and the state. And and teachers, and students And teachers, the students, and right. right. So, so despite the fact that there were some of these issues, mm-hmm. sure, the test was developed okay. That's right. But... Despite some of these issues with the results, we Mm -hmm. should go ahead and use it to make decisions across the board. Right, and so our concern is,
1: our concern is what the tests are being used for. Let's let's take a specific example. Um, Do the test should the tests be used to grade schools? Right. All right. So the question I have is, do the test results tell us which schools are doing the best? Or do they tell us where the highest achieving students go to school? Great question. Okay. I mean, because all schools do not have the same students. Right. All schools don't have similar st- I mean, it yeah, might be similar, but it's accidental. Because if you have a school in a very wealthy neighborhood, let's, right. let's use Hillsborough County, for example. Um, South Tampa has Plant High School. Right. Plant High School is like a private school. I mean, it's very well funded because of the tax base in South Tampa, compared to areas of East Tampa mm-hmm. that have a lower tax rate, okay? Right. So there's just more money um, and more resources at plant than right. there is at some other uh, high school. So the two schools are not equivalent. Right. So when I give a test to plant high school, am I measuring how well the school is doing or am I measuring the students in that school? Right. Well, my, I'm measuring the students. Um I don't know whether it's the teachers, but I know that the the student bodies of those two schools are
0: not the same. Right. Okay. All right. So that's that's one issue. Am I? And you may and, and throw in there real quick is that one of the reasons we're recording today on Sunday as opposed to our typical Friday morning is because I had to testify in court right. on Friday morning, and in that testimony, I was asked about typical child development and brain mm-hmm. development, and um, and they asked. You know what helps? What kind of early life experiences affect brain development? Right. And one of the things I had to talk about were enrichment opportunities, exposure mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. different information. And and while while wealth in and of itself does not necessarily um, equate to success, mm-hmm. it does equate to. Very, you know, very often it equates to enriching opportunities that we right. know fosters healthy brain development, that we know mm-hmm. fosters healthy uh, learning, and, and and those kinds of things. So, you know, just because the school, the location of the school, is going to have an effect on the type of students that are That's there. Right. That's right. And the
1: only way, and I don't, again, we don't want to be stats geeks here, but the only way I can let let's take two schools. Let's call School A. High school A and high school B. All right. If I take high school A as it's currently structured in a wealthy neighborhood, and I take high school B in a poor neighborhood, obviously the student bodies are going to be different. Right. If I give the same test to students in high school A as I give to students in high school B, which
0: school is going to do better? Overall. Right. Now, right again. I don't have to test the kids. I can tell you, right, when you aggregate the data. Now, there may be a kid in school B that performs better than anybody else in either school. That's right. But as I'm not a whole, know that. right, as a whole, when you put the data together, as a whole, okay. school A is probably going to do better than school B. And the only
1: way that I can know, for example. The only way that I can compare two schools and really make a decision is I would have to get all the kids in, stu- in school A and all the kids in school B put all their names into a hat and pick them out one at a time and randomly assign them right. to school A and to school B. Right. Okay, now I have the same student bodies right. in both schools. It's representative sample. Right. right. Now I can teach those kids for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I can determine which school is doing a better job, right? But without randomly assigning the students, right. I will never know whether it's the neighborhood, the school,
0: the teacher, the student, the sc- I, I can't know that, right? Okay? This is why my st- why students, graduate students love uh, stats classes and research design classes so much. Why? That, that was sarcasm. Oh. Um, because you know, talking about those kinds of difference, because what you know what <clears throat> we're assuming is causality. That's right. We're assuming that these teachers at this school cause the students to do better. And that's why we can't... So first of all, you can't judge which
1: school is doing better. I mean, you can judge which school is doing better, but you can't know why. Right. I mean... Right, because causation requires randomization. That's right. I mean, you, you, you just... You know, all of stats comes out of farming. Right. That's where it was born. And so the nice thing about farming is you can have the same soil, the right. same moisture, the same fertilizer. You keep absolutely everything the same except for the seeds you use. Right. Okay. Then you know it's the seed because everything else is exactly the same. Right. They get the same amount of sunlight, same amount of water, exactly. same amount of fertilizer. Everything's exactly the same, so it has to be the seed. We can't do that in education because our fields are different. Right. School A is in a different environment than school B. Right. Okay. So you can't make a decision all you can know is A did better than B. You can't know why. So first of all, we using tests to grade schools
0: when that's not a legitimate use of the test scores. Right. And and, and again, kind of going, finishing that one point is that, and it would, someone would argue that it would be unethical, but one of the things you could do is, if you take some of the really strong students from school A Mm -hmm. and put them over in school B that you know maybe isn't doing as well. (laughs) And people will say, well, you can't do that because you know that that student's not going to, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not going to do as well. And that's the issue in in mental health research in general. That's right. Is that we can't expose everybody Mm -hmm. to every condition because... We know some conditions are maladaptive right. and, and damaging. That's right. Now that's judging
1: schools, okay? So that's one use of tests that we disagree with. You can't judge schools because you okay. Second issue is when you're judging schools, you're really judging teachers. Right. Okay. So let's talk about can these tests can can the high stakes test be used to judge teachers? Well, in the first place, if I came up to you or any parent and said, What what do you want your child's teacher to be like? What what characteristics do you want that teacher to have? And I would guess that most parents would say something about, well, I want them to be... Um, I want them to be honest and trustworthy, and I want certain characteristics in that right, right. I want to know that I can trust her. Right. I want her to be honest. I want them to be fair. So I want them to be, be informed. I want them to know the material. Right. And that's yeah, another thing. I want them to be able to build a healthy relationship with right. my child. I don't want to have to worry about personality differences exactly. getting in the way. I want her, this teacher to have good classroom management skills, so she keeps the class under control, so my right. child doesn't uh, have to deal with disruptions during the school day. I want that person to know child development. Right. I want that person to know her subject matter. Right. This is embarrassing, but we did a uh, we uh, at a university. We had a teacher preparation program. Mm-hmm. The university will be uh, remain unnamed. So we had a teacher preparation program. And we wanted to know what the math skills of our mm. pre-service teacher. These were students who were juniors and seniors in a teacher preparation program. Okay. The average math score was fourth grade level. The wow. students had a, they could add, subtract, multiply, and divide. Most could do fractions, but they were working at about a fourth or fifth grade level. Now, they're going to be certified K-12. Right. Can they teach in a middle school? They're going to be certified to teach in a middle school, but they can't do the math that a middle school student should be able to do. So how can they teach what they don't know? Right. So I want to make sure that my stu- my te- my child's teacher knows the subject. I also want to know her teaching ability. Can she put together a lesson? Can she explain things? Uh, I also want to know, can she inspire motivation? Will she turn my child on to, to school? How well does she deal with parents? Okay. So... There are one, two, three, four, five, about eight or nine things that that are the characteristics that I want my child's teacher to have, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, I also, okay, so if I develop a teacher assessment instrument, if I'm going to judge the effectiveness of a teacher, I'm going to judge based on all nine or ten of these characteristics. Right. I'm not just interested in how well the students do on the state test because um, I was talking to a reading teacher one time and I said, well, you know, um, uh, th- they say that we should use these very scripted, um, demanding programs. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, yeah, we could also use a whip. Right. You know, we used to use a hickory stick, yeah. you know, reading and writing read, to the tune of a hickory stick. In some countries, Teachers are expected to cane students, you know, hit them with a cane, okay? Mm -hmm. That builds motivation. So maybe maybe uh, do I want my child's teacher to use a hickory stick or a cane or some draconian punishments to get my child to do well in school? No, I don't, okay? So it does matter what kind of methods they use. But when you make a single test score... Mm -hmm. I don't care if you make it 30... You know, we say, well, it's only 30% of her um, evaluation. Right. It shouldn't be 30%. Maybe 10%. Maybe. But I'm not judging her ability when I look at an individual student's test score. Right. Because if I have a class of 20 students and two of them decide not to fill in any answers, my score is going to be low. Right. It just two students out of 20 exerts too much weight and right. i'm going to look like an ineffective teacher because right. two students didn't answer the questions right. okay or if i have two highly gifted students in my class and they blow the top off the test right. i'm going to look like a very effective teacher right, right? my av- again at, you talk about aggregate or average score so um, we say well i want to i want teacher accountability i want to know if my teachers doing well well then let's develop an assessment instrument that reflects all of the abilities that we really want our children's teachers to possess—not just how well they do on a test—that's of questionable value
0: to begin with. Right. Okay. And, and again, with, you know, this this takes us back to the validity issue. It, you know, tests. You know, the, what validity says is that a test measures what it was designed to measure, what that's it purports right. to measure. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, FSA. Achievement tests are designed to measure achievement, right? Not teacher performance. <laughs> That's right. That
1: t- if the test was designed, because we go back to that validity issue, right. that article, it does the item measure the Florida standard, right? It says
0: nothing about the teacher. Nothing, right? And and so when we use a test for purpose and to make des- to make decisions for purposes that it wasn't designed to make, right? That is uh, sort of the definition of invalid. We invalidate the test. Right. Okay? If, if I'm
1: testing your son's goalie abilities, mm-hmm. and I test his ability, I don't know, some other ability that a striker should have, right? that's an illegitimate use of the test. It
0: has nothing to do with well, him. But, but for goodness sakes, what we're talking about here is we're going to measure, um, we're going to evaluate his goalie performance, Uh, Based upon his reading scores, right? It's like those two things don't go together. That's right. Teaching skills, teaching performance, Mm -hmm. has only a a, a small relationship, a small impact on student performance on a test. That's right. There's so many other things Mm -hmm. from both the teacher and the student Mm -hmm. that influence that test score. That's right. I would like for my children's
1: teachers to be evaluated,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I don't want them evaluated based on how well the students do on a test. I would like my teachers, my child's teachers to be
0: evaluated on all these characteristics. When we're evaluated as college professors, right. there's, a, uh, there's a subjective evaluation that the students complete right. mm-hmm. that say, I like this, I didn't like that, right. um, and they can write in things. Our score, our performance as instructors are not gauged based upon their final scores on the class. On a test. And um. In fact, um, they have to fill out their, their forms before they even take the final exam right. to, and to get their final grade to make sure that, um, that their evaluation is based upon performance as opposed to a reaction to their final right. grade. That's right. That's right. And you can imagine
1: if you don't like a teacher or you're not doing well in a class... You know, college students don't do well in classes, and they blame the teacher. Right. Okay? Well, you're going to get a low evaluation from that student. Right. And if you only have 15 or 20 students in a class, it only takes one or two students to affect your
0: score. And that that phenomenon, I believe, is based upon what we're seeing right now. That's right. Because we're, what we're saying is, well, if you're not learning, it's the teacher's fault. That's right. Well, it, might be. <laughs> it, may, it may be the fact that you didn't do any of your homework. That's it right. may be because I gave you this paper to write, and you chose not to write it. It may right. be because I gave you this opportunity for extra credit and you chose not to do it, mm-hmm. or you didn't do what
1: we agreed that you were going to do.
0: Right. right. Or I gave you the study guide for the midterm and final and you chose and you not never, to use it. And you
1: never used it. You never
0: looked at it because right. I can see what what you do in our class in mm-hmm. Canvas online, and I can see that you never even accessed that paper. Right. Right. That's right. And so I want a teacher who will
1: who will um, who. Will inspire my child, Mm -hmm. who will teach my child, my children. My child learned something this year. My My middle child had a wonderful English teacher and really learned how to write. Um, at the, as a result of what this teacher did, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have appreciated that more. Um, she did a fabulous job with her. Okay, I want that to happen, but I don't want that to happen if she's hitting her with a cane. Right. I don't want that to happen if she's punishing her, and and my daughter starts to develop uh, gastrointestinal problems. Right. I mean, it, it, uh, so so it's not just the results; it's how do we get the results, and there there are many characteristics. That together make an effective teacher, right. not just student performance. And the other problem is student performance is not under the teacher's control. Right. The teacher can control all these other things that I talked about, mm-hmm. you know, how they teach, what they teach, what they learn, right. and what they know. They can't control how a student is going to do on a test. Right. So we use the very thing that they have the least control over mm-hmm. and it takes on this weight and i don't care whether it's 30% or 40% or 20% it's not a valid use of the test it's not an appropriate use of the test because the test wasn't designed mm-hmm. to test the teacher exactly. okay and then the last mm. the last item that that we've and we've already touched on this is Should we use the test to make decisions about individual students? Absolutely not, and for all the same reasons. These tests were never designed to make a decision about an individual student. If you want to use this test to determine what a child doesn't know so you can teach the child more, I would say, go ahead. That's a legitimate. If it does that, go ahead and use it. There are hundreds of other ways to do that. Mm -hmm. A good teacher knows what a student knows, does and doesn't know. Um, there are plenty of tests we can give to test reading or math or any other subject. So we really don't, we don't need a test like this mm-hmm.
0: to determine what a student needs for instructional purposes. Right. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, what, what's fascinating, is that we don't even do that in medicine. No. You know, there, you can have a person who, on tests... Right. Score very bad, suggesting serious medical problems. Mm-hmm. People who score very high on certain lab tests mm-hmm. that suggest, well, you probably should have um, some kind of cancer <laughs> right. um, based upon these test right. results. And then we do additional tests, because if we just say, okay, well, that means we, ha- we need mm-hmm. to, um, you know, there's a blood test for right. prostate cancer, right. right? If you score really high on this, then it is possible mm-hmm. that you could have prostate cancer. Right. Well, if you just score high on that, and they say, "Okay, that's it. We got to get rid of that. We got to cut that Tide prostate out. Prostate. Um, you're going to be independent. You're going to have a lot of problems, um, but because we, so we don't make decisions based upon a single test, even in medicine. I can give you an example
1: from my own life. We have conge- we have familial high cholesterol.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: my cholesterol when I was twenty one or twenty two years old was over two hundred. Mm-hmm. My son, who's rail thin. And in excellent physical condition. I mean, mm-hmm. he rode his bike from Austin, Texas, to Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. His cholesterol was over two hundred. Yeah, we have no heart disease. We have no heart problems. Nobody's ever died of a stroke. It—it's a number that loses meaning. It right. has. We should be sick. We should have heart disease. Right. But we don't. Based right. on our cholesterol, I should be taking statins. He should be taking statins at mm-hmm. thirty-four. He doesn't need statins. There's right. no, there, there, are, there really isn't a physical problem. So you can't just use a single number, right. whether it's a PSA or cholesterol or whatever. Right.
0: So, so we don't even do it in medicine. Why in the world are we doing it in education?
1: With the stakes as high as they are. Right. You know, we're talking about kids not getting a diploma. Right. We're talking about kids not being
0: um, sent to the next grade. Right. No. Yeah, and, and 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 sure, you will say, well, you know, not going to fourth grade isn't as serious as you know having cancer. Well, you don't know. You know, maybe not immediately. Right, that's right. But, you know, the long term consequences, Mm -hmm. because when we look at what happens, and again, we said it already. The best predictor of high school dropout is retention, right. and so if you retain a student in, in third grade, it significantly increases his or her likelihood of re, of, of high school dropout. Right. We also know that dropping out of high school is the best predictor mm-hmm. of living in poverty, uh, being dependent on Health, um, federal physical problems, mental problems. Exactly. So we have all these other issues. So you know, while it may not have the same detrimental effect today, mm-hmm. the long term uh, sort of chronic. Issues that could could come as a result are, are pretty devastating. Right. That's in, right. In, 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 in and of themselves. Right. So you don't. So because of those
1: reasons, you don't you don't use a test like this to make decisions about an individual. So what struck me as I listened as I was in uh, listening in the forum and thinking about it later was, it's not the validity of the test that we're worried about. It is, the uses to which the test is put and um it as we've seen it can't be it really shouldn't be used to judge how well a school is doing right. because schools are going to vary for a lot of different reasons right um it can't it shouldn't be used for teachers because teachers are judged on 10 or 12 characteristics not how well their students are doing and they have no control over that the thing that they have the least control over is determining whether they're going to proceed or not and then the third thing is you can't use it for individual students right so again when we say i'm not opposed to uh, i'm in favor of testing oh okay let's be in favor of testing but let's be in favor of testing that serves a useful purpose and this test this FSA and end of course exams um, are being used for for purposes
0: for which they were never designed, and that's the problem. Right, and, and I think that the 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 way that I'll kind of uh, tie some of that together was there was one other one person, um, a, a former principal, also mm-hmm. another former principal on the um, on the forum, and, and she was speaking in favor of, mm-hmm. of standardized testing, and she was talking about I think you mentioned her earlier. She was talking about how uh, her school. Mm-hmm. Use standardized, the results of standardized testing to make some systematic changes at their school. In the curriculum. In the curriculum mm-hmm. to, to change things. And she saw her school go from an F or a D, from a D uh, to, to an, an a. a. Right, okay. and stay there. Mm-hmm. Now, what is great about mm-hmm. that story is she used the tests in an appropriate way. She used the tests to make, change, make decisions... For at a school level, mm-hmm. she didn't talk about punishing anybody. Right. None of her improvements had to do with the fact that third graders were retained. What she did was she took those test results. Now, we could argue whether or not she could have gotten the same information from another source without using those tests, but we'll put that aside. She took the test results and said, Hey, we're not doing a very good job here, so let's fix that. And they saw an improvement in their... That's, a, that's an okay
1: use. And the other thing that she just slid by this, and I wish there would have been more discussion. She said, so we trained our teachers right. to do this. And that's what we're talking about. You right. know, use the te- she took the tests. And rather than punishing kids or punishing teachers, she said, okay, now we know what we have to work on. Right. Now right. I'm going to get somebody in here to train my teachers to get right. better at this. Right. I mean, she talked about monthly or even weekly, weekly sometimes. Weekly training, training, training. sessions. Trainings. Okay. That's of course like you're going to get That's like practicing with your goalie. Exactly. That's like practicing. That's exactly what we talked about at the beginning. That if we're going to use these test results, let's use them for some um, useful purpose. Okay. And now she knows... Okay, we have to work on these things. So they did training. But that was just sort of slid almost as an afterthought. Yeah. And yet that's the most important thing we can do. Right. Is that what am I
0: training? That was used as validity. That say, see, we should use these tests right. because right. these tests are valid and these tests are... No, no you, she, you're using them for an appropriate way. That's right. The, the, the primary use of these tests are completely inappropriate. That's right. Yeah, the, the way most people
1: use them. Right. You know, if all of them use them the way she used them... I would have no problem with that, right. but just to say that we should do testing, no, we should do we should do the, the we should use tests for specific purposes. We shouldn't use them to punish. We should use them to teach. Again, teach, don't punish, and we should use them for the purposes for which they were designed. Right, and you can't hold teachers accountable for what for what students are doing, and if a student decides not to do well on the test, there's nothing a teacher can do with that, so the teacher shouldn't be punished
0: for what she can't control. Which is why, to be honest, a lot of teachers in schools are having a hard time with the opt-out program, right. the opt-out movement, because, right. you know, while I don't disagree with people who choose to opt out, at the same time you know, the teachers are still going to be graded. And, and somebody on the forum mentioned that. But, you know, it, it's if maybe If you have none. a high-achieving student who opts out, right, it's going to be the teacher's disadvantage. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so now the teacher's being punished mm-hmm. unduly. Um, so it, it, it's, it is a complicated... But I wish we could
1: get, you know, the other... Uh, this is my final comment uh, that, that I wanted to make today. Every, almost every one of the speakers, especially the public school people, because they were... Some people who were in the public schools right. and some were not, and all the people and there was a parent. But what most of the public school people said is that we have no choice. This is state law. Right, okay, we have to do this. And I would like to talk to the legislators mm-hmm. and try to get them to because the, the, we're not talking about bad people. Right, we're talking about we're talking about people who 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 don't understand right what's happening here. They don't understand, um, for example. They don't understand randomization and right. the only way you can compare two schools. Okay, it's not part of their um, What do you call that stuff? Wheel? What's that thing, wheel? It's a wheelhouse. It's not part of their wheelhouse. Is that, right. is that correct? It's not part of their wheelhouse. So we would love to talk to the legislators and say, look, there, there are better ways to do this, okay? Right. So don't pass these laws that put schools and, and um, administrators in these untenable positions. They can't do anything about it because they have to do it and they have to use it this way. So don't make those laws that put um, schools in uh, untenable situations. Let them use them. They know how to do this. They know how to do it properly, as this principal said, as Mr. Fryer has said. Mm -hmm. They know how to do this. Let them do it. Don't make these restrictions that they have to say, well, I I know what to do, but I'm not allowed
0: to do it. Yeah. How many times do we hear that? And, you know, uh, um, the final, final point would be, um, if we wanted to create a test mm-hmm. to to assess teacher effectiveness, mm-hmm. we can do that. We can do it. I can do it. Yeah, we could do it today. We could de- we could develop a test today right. that measures teacher performance. Mm-hmm. We would have to sort of validate that test over time. Right. Um, we mm-hmm. would have to. You know, it would take maybe uh, it would take a number of years right. to to really look at it, especially if we're thinking about uh, third grade teachers, because mm-hmm. uh, what we would do is we would maybe look at test scores, maybe that would be one factor that goes into it, That's right. but then we would need you know, teacher, evalu- uh, teacher evaluations from their uh, mm-hmm. administrators, we would need teacher evaluations from parents, teacher mm-hmm. evaluations from students, we would need to look at you know, the number of referrals, disciplinary referrals mm-hmm. um, from that classroom, we would need to look at the number of students who, who, who were promoted versus, and how many students were retained, right. and then over time look and see how many of those students graduated high school. Right, uh, and maybe what their final <laughs> GPA was. If we did that, right. we could then do this nice. Man, we're just hating statistics so much today. Mm-hmm. We could do a nice multiple regression right. to see the Which, the relative weight of each of those factors, right. and create a create mm-hmm. a um, an algorithm or a right. or a formula to right. predict and to evaluate how good a teacher is.
1: Mm-hmm. There
0: exactly. we go. That's it. That's it. We know, you know how it. to do it. We, we can we can do it very easily. We can create it. Um, Test it over a little bit of time, uh, or maybe a little while, uh, mm-hmm. uh, several years, right. so that we can get good data. And then that that's there's right. your teacher evaluation. If you really want to assess teacher uh, effectiveness, there are that's how wa- to do it. There are real good ways to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Okay.
1: I enjoyed talking about that, and I really appreciated the forum. So I want to thank, again, the ledger uh, for taking the initiative on that uh, forum. That was a useful discussion. I hope we have more. Um, It's great to get both opinions out there. I know some of my opinions changed after listening to the Mm -hmm. speakers at that thing. And that's the sort of discussion, the sort of sensible, reasonable discussion that we need to
0: have about these very complicated issues, yeah. especially given what's at stake. Right. And I, and I think that I, I heard them saying that this is not the last one. that right. They're going to have some more discussions about, right. about this issue and yep. stuff. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So that wraps up for today. Mm-hmm. Um, any announcements or anything before we... Uh, uh, not yet. But we have a
1: couple of things that are brewing right now. And no. as soon as we find out, as soon as we get...
0: Uh, Word, um, we will pass that along. Yeah, we have some. Um, some we've big, taken a break from workshops and stuff recently, um, just trying to catch up with things. Right. But uh, we're going to get back to that. We've got a new partner with with that that will be will be will be announced. And there are some people
1: volunteered, some teachers and uh, guidance counselors mm-hmm. who said they would be willing to come on the pad, podcast and talk about these yeah. kinds of issues. And so, that's something we've always encouraged. We would like to
0: have broader participation. So, yeah. um, um, we'll let you know about those. Yep. So we have some some things coming out, but we'll keep you posted uh check us out on um facebook at uh, Paydia, of course mm-hmm. there's the facebook page uh, twitter at dr bernie and if you listen to us on um itunes if, right. if that's how you're checking out a podcast my son it, found us there last night oh, he fantastic. said where can i find it? I, I showed him he said oh yeah here you are we, we've only been doing it for well a few he doesn't months. um but he lives in texas no no, not that one? The other side. Oh, okay. Great. Who's not interested in this yet because of his age. But, right. So oh, yeah. he wouldn't so look it up, but he yeah. said, hey,
1: I'd like to see that. So they were asking me about it. Okay. So he found it, very
0: easy to find, popped, jumped on iTunes, and it was popped right up. All right. So I'll forgive him. That's no, okay. Um, so, uh, but if, you're on, if you listen to us on iTunes, we do ask that you write a review or, or rate or right. uh, give some feedback. Just, again, it helps other people find us, and it helps uh, spread the word and increase the conversation. So, mm-hmm. all right? Get the word out. Well, hopefully we'll record on Friday Yes. And through yeah. Mixler next week. Hopefully we'll have internet by then. So uh, there we go. Back yeah, to that. Right. All so, right. All right. So until next week, I'm Dr. Bernie. And I'm Dr. Richard. Have a great week, and uh, good luck for any of you guys out there testing next That's week. That's
1: right. right. Testing.